That Record Got Me High is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic written and produced by Kelly Shane and Woody Compton. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. That Record Got Me High and Is This Tomorrow are proud to present Black Flag and Henry Rollins being interviewed in 1984. I gotta get backstage to my women and my cocaine, so what else do you wanna know? Why don't you ask this boy some questions, man? Well, you know, you tried to insult me, but it didn't work. I'm not trying to insult you. Believe it or not, I'm on your side. I don't want you on my side, I want you on your side. I, I understand everything you're No saying. armies, I agree with no armies. Army of one, I'm the lord of my church, I wrote the book, I'm the man on the cross, I'm the boss, and I believe, amen. Why don't you just tell these people exactly what you plan to do in the future. Play, tour, record. How about when it comes to, uh... I tell you, you know, you know, you know what selling out is? Selling out is taking a load of shit from a bunch of lackey people who don't do nothing except do shit like this, you know? So you're against this kind of shit? I'm just against stuff that smacks of just complacent crap, non-moving people. They're like leeches. They just like sit and hold on to you and suck on you for a while. It's kind of like a drowning pool, you know? All these people waiting at the bottom of the pool and they grab up at your feet and pull you down. Whenever you stick your head out of water, they just love to pull you down. But if you get down and sink with them, then it's cool sailing, you know what I mean? Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And once again, we are here inside the beer closet at the wonderful Laser Wolf. Let's hear it, everyone, for Laser Wolf out there. Let's hear it. And our wonderful host, Chris Bellis. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here. And uh, Barry, why don't you tell us, we have a guest tonight. Why don't you tell us who our guest is? Uh, For her second appearance on That Record Got Me High, we have Camilla Riso. Yes, let's hear it for Camilla Riso. You're allowed to talk now. Now that I've introduced you, you Woo, can say Oh, yes. You're here. And yes. what, what was the first record that you uh, talked about on I our podcast? I did Bad Brains, Eye Against Eye. And that was a very highly listened to episode, I'm Yes, people seem to really enjoy it. They so did. I'm, I'm glad for you guys. Well, it's a pretty damn good Well, record. we're glad you came on the show. All right. So and we, then, but uh, this time you picked a slightly different animal. Yes, I did pick a slightly different animal. I picked the... West Coast. Yeah, the West. Well, not only the West Coast, but a particular album by a particular band. Yes. That- well, I mean, when you when you think about um, punk, American punk, hardcore, during this time, I, in my opinion, you could divide the country. You can. In, in a particular way, you, you could can. you could say that Black Flag was the West Coast. I indeed. I, I would say that. Bad Brains and Minor Threat were the East Coast, and then down in the South in Texas you had MDC, and then up North you had DOA and a few. And That's right. So which Black Flag record did you choose to uh, bring to the show? My War. My War, and what? And My War was a controversial uh, release, especially uh, 
side two of the record. Yes, it's uh, a record that had a lot of uh, influence on a lot of people, but it made so many people so angry. Yeah. <laughs> because damaged their previous record, their first album with Henry. Here's the train. Here's the train. No, hold on. Turn that down. Or at least let's turn it up. Yeah, Check a, yeah. that out. Train. No more, there's no there's no more uh, horn no on the train, train so horn. don't sit on the train track because you yeah. will get killed. Well, unless you that's your uh, whoo, yeah. unless that's your that mo. Again. Okay, we got to turn it down until the train's gone. Um, yeah, their first album with Henry was damaged, and every hardcore punk person in America bought or recorded that record all cassette from their friend. Uh, and slammed to it, and it had six pack, it had TV party, yeah, yeah. Louis, Louis. Right, it had a bunch of sing along songs it that did. people yeah, yeah. really enjoyed. And some, some had been in the Black Flag repertoire for quite some time. Some of them were songs that had been sung previously by Chavo Pederast and um, um, what's the first singer? Uh, Des Cadena and, and uh, Ron. And Keith Morris. And Keith Morris, right. Oh, so, Keith Morris, yeah. Duh, yeah, I would right. never forget. The originals. The originals. So the originals. Original. Yeah, so they went through like three singers before they, they put out some, uh, they put out an EP record, but Damage right. was their actual first record. Yeah. Right, and that was with Henry. And then it took them, uh, My War didn't come out till 84. Right. Because they had all that legal, pro- legal yeah, trouble. Yeah, right. They did, but okay, this is what's interesting about my war and it's interesting tell about us, tell how, us what's how, interesting because me and Barry are not good with how Black things that Flag are uh, recorded a lot of the songs on my war were actually written in 1982 and actually played out live in 1983 before the album right. ever was released and as a matter of fact during this time period the Black Flag ethos was write as much as we can and record as much as we can and we're going to release it when we're allowed to release it. And so that is exactly what they did. Um, when they started to play um, in 1983, when they played a lot of these songs from My War on tour, obviously they were not well received. The album was not out. Right. And the crowd absolutely Oh, they hated it. Hated yeah, right. Hated well, first of all, they, in, they, they all like uh, grew their hair out. Right. So they had, there were these long-haired uh, guys they, and people didn't get this hippie. What is this hippie music that Black Flag is playing? Well, not the whole record is like that. It's so, not, but what they were, but whenever they were doing anything different, slow down. And, and a lot of times they wouldn't even play like they're, you know, they uh, play right. six-pack. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. no, right. because, because uh, Greg Ginn decided that we're going to play new and fresh music. Yeah, and, they want and to I, move And on. I don't care. And, right. that, and that was their ethos. And right. this is what we're, we're going to do. And I don't care what the crowd wants to hear. Right. Yeah. So all that goes over really well with hardcore audiences. <laughs> yes. I know. And poor Henry took the brunt uh, oh, of yeah, the he's aggression. In the front of that, because, yeah. yeah, he's got. Do you, have you read his book, um, uh, Get in the Van? Yes. I think a, I have. A memoir. It, it, it's like a memoir yes. of, of them touring in, uh, in I guess, in 83, 84. Yeah. yeah. And it's brutal. It's it just is. brutal because he was just like savaged by these people. They were stabbing him with pens and, <laughs> and scratching him and yeah. spitting on him, Thro- yeah. throwing a crushed beer can. At him, yeah, right. Bottles. And Henry, Henry wasn't the most stable guy on the best of days back then. No, right. No, so, he was not. You can watch the evolution of the tattoo on his back if you watch videos from that period. You can watch it go from from search and destroy to the full thing 
by seeing like what era, like a variation of like six months, he gets that giant sun face tattoo on his back with the search and destroy lettering. Oh, right. Yes. And um, the, the stuff that's, I mean, side one of my war is the songs are fast enough to be, they're not like raging, super fast, hardcore no. songs. But they're fast enough that you could slam to them if you wanted to. Right, but they also had these little stops and stars, and they, they changed did. tempo a lot. They, they, they did. Which they the, the hardcore kids would, would get confused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, like not to mid- denigrate the mentality of the average hardcore punk. No, I will denigrate. I will denigrate it. And I will say <laughs> that's the thing that turned me off back in the day to Black Flag. I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan because I just thought I saw it all as kind of meathead music, and especially I'm talking about the first record, Damage, right. and all that. Because I remember, I remember being in a band and we went down and played in Key West, and there was this band down in Key West. Oh, I wish I could remember the name. They had the stupidest punk name, you know, like the, like the. the if somebody remembers the name of that band, please write in. Fuck your us. grandmas or something like you okay. know some stupid yep, punk right. name. But they did like three. They did like TV party. They played. They uh, they played Louie Louie. And you know they did six pack. Yeah, yeah six of pack. course they did. And you I know, confess, I love the song six pack a lot. No, it is. It's great, and I could appreciate it more. But back then, I just I don't know. I just didn't. I, I wasn't a fan of the whole what I saw. The sort of plus, the, how can you be hardcore punk in Key West? That oh, yeah, seems. I don't, know. I don't know. There seems like a disconnect there. I wish like I could remember the name of that stupid band. They were nice guys. They actually let us stay uh, oh, stay with them. It turns out, <laughs> turns out they were nice guys. Yeah, despite their stupid nice band name and stupid and their limited <laughs> mental capacity. Oh God! All right. So this band. So by the time they did this record, though, they didn't even have a bass player. So no, uh, they did not have, yeah, have a bass Greg player. Yeah, Greg Ginn just played bass on it. He called himself. What do he call himself? Dale Nixon. Dale, Dale Nixon. Dale. Which uh, let's see. Well, you know where the Nixon comes from, and Dale. Who? Where does the Dale come from? Um, Dick Dale. I doubt it. No. I think it's probably. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Dale. That's what. Um, I don't know. Uh, and you had great drummer at this. By this time, you right. had uh, Bill Stevenson from right. the uh, Descendants, which he kind of came in to fill in with them because they uh, Black Flag went and played uh, in England, and then their drummer Robo, Robo. couldn't get back in the country because he, right. he was from where he was from Colombia, and they oh, wouldn't. Shit. It took him like I think uh, years to be and, able to get back. And the weird the thing is that Robo was kind of a unique drummer if you watch him he's totally different than bill stevenson right, right. so robo's playing was always this weird and he, he came by the name honestly strangely super fast but robotic and weird like the fills and everything it was totally him yeah so yeah, it's weird when right. they switch it up and you're like oh yeah but yeah. bill stevenson is an amazing drummer and uh i actually and he like- kicked chuck dukowski out of the band right they, yeah chuck yeah. dukowski yeah he did which and it's him. funny because he still ended up he was still with SST, he like uh, co-founded. Don't wait for us to stop talking. He, he co-founded SST, right? And uh, right, which and stands, which originally was Solid State Transformers. Right. Greg Ginn's uh, business. Right. That was in uh, 1976, and then they made it SST Records in 1978. Yeah. So, so Camilla, let me ask you: Were you already? So you were already a, a Black Flag fan? You were this young uh, yes, punk girl. Yes, I was girl. this young punk kid. Now, what did you think of this record when it came out? Were you, were you one of the haters, or did, did you no, buy into I, it? No, I, I didn't hate it. And I'll tell you why, because I don't fit, I don't have one particular genre of music right. that I stick to. I, I love all kinds of music and I've seen all kinds of concerts. So I, I, I was uh, open-minded. Oh. So I didn't <laughs> Bless your heart. Well, I actually like this record <laughs> no, a lot No, you're right. You're right and now. that's what set you, but a lot of those hardcore kids weren't. But, yeah. Yeah, I, but listen, I, I went to like 
every reggae show, right, every right, right. hardcore show. You were, every you were much more sophisticated than the average well, uh, hardcore yeah, fan. Indeed. I'm not the average person. No, you're not. But I like this record more now than I did when it came out. Me too. Me too. You know why? It's because I, de- I completely identify with the totally bleak emotional oh, landscape God, so that's bleak. permitted on this record. <laughs> but, like, uh, but also, musically, when I listen to it now, I, I hear, first of all, you hear there, uh, obviously, they were uh, influenced by Sabbath, Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Yeah, but, right. Uh, uh, Flipper, too, you can oh, hear. Yeah. They, they definitely sure, like sure, Flipper. Sure. I can hear a similarity. Well, sure. And then you, can, you can hear Sonic's Youth, uh, their influence as well. Well, Because but, they, were, they were contemporary. They were right, contemporary. They were. But, but you also hear bands later like Melvin's and Nirvana. Oh, yeah. How oh, many yeah, bands yeah. were influenced right. by this record well, and by yeah, this, was what like, they were doing? Those three records, there's My War, Loose Nut, and Slip It In, all have this like that there's just like this dirge quality and there was this there was this weird um just existential darkness that creeped in like you know damaged his punk rock music and it's got like you said sing along right right right. you know i got a six pack i got nothing nothing better to do do. exactly (laughs) whereas on you know this record which we'll talk about the lyrics and um slip it in and loose nut Suddenly, and I'm guessing that's Henry's bringing that into the band. Well, no, not no, really, because no. he didn't. Yeah, it, right. He he he. School Schoolberry. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you a little bit about this. Uh, most of this record was written by Greg Ginn, Chuck Dukowski, and Bill Stevenson. Right. And uh, and then too, when Kira came into the band in late '82, Bill and Greg and Kira wrote like fiends and they would write a ton of material and then sometimes they would write lyrics and sometimes not and they would just shove everything at Henry and be like go get in the studio right now right right you, you have you, you <laughs> okay. have you have from 12 to 8 right we paid for these many hours that's all you got go ahead and, and, and get it done and he was like oh, right okay <laughs> which is it. a testament to Henry that he was able to put that stuff together well right. I mean he's 20 years old he's 21 he was, he's got he's got enough energy to be able to do this so but also he was he was kind of like a sponge because that whole like uh, Chuck uh, Dukowski especially he was influenced a lot by what he wrote and the way he wrote right. he, he sucked all that in and he really bought into it Right, right, because you know Chuck Dukowski encouraged him to write and yeah, encouraged yeah. him to have right. a, a good, hard work ethic. And, and so, what happened with Chuck Dukowski and Greg Ginn? What was the falling out over? I have a feeling Greg Ginn is hard for anyone to get along. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling he is too. And then uh, you know, I I have some theories, but we'll get to it when uh, we start okay, okay. getting into the songs. Uh, all right, okay. But um, uh, you know, how about how about we talk a little bit about a, a little bit about uh, some of the interesting things that happened when they were recording? Okay, or how, or how this ready. was recorded. Cool. Well, um, their uh, their producer and their engineer, his name is Spot. Spot. Spot right. did right. a lot of SSP, right? Right, and yep. his real name is Glenn Lockett, and he's pretty much responsible for recording, producing, mixing. Most of the SSTX from 1979 to 1985. Right. So what? What's interesting? And shame, a shame. It's a shame because a lot of those sound horrible. <laughs> well, you know, listen. It, it's, well, they're it's, recording with zero budget. It's it's a particular sound. It's at, it's a total access studios in Redondo Beach. They're on a shoestring budget. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything is rushed. Okay. The only song on this album that they actually took an entire day to record is My War. Everything else is completely rushed. Yeah, you could hear as, that too. You could hear done it. as quickly as possible, and then like 
it, it was like hurry up and get right. Greg and Bill into into the studio to record all the rhythm stuff, and then afterwards Greg has to do the guitar. Right, right. And everything is separate, which kind of adds to the excitement of the music in a way, it's, but it's but it also oh, so takes the, so away the tracks are takes so away. they didn't record the guitar, bass, and drums. It's like bass and drums first, and, and then, then and guitar. Then guitar, right? Because Greg can't be in two places at the same time. Right, and he was doing the bass and doing guitar and and playing. Monster guitar too. I yeah, mean, and Greg then, is like an amazing. Just he he was raw and, and he's like an avant-garde guitar player though. His yes. soloing oh. is just totally atonal oh, yeah. and it, off it, the wall. It, right. Yeah, and, and Barry, do you think was he is he using anything? Because it sounds like he's just got plugged right into an amp. Well, he likes to smoke up. a lot of weed. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I'm saying as far as effects. Oh, you mean no. as effects? He's got a fuzz box into an amp, or maybe a solid-state amp that's got that solid-state fuzz that like you know. Yeah. That that mind melting solid state fuzz, but but the sound I feel it gets a lot of just the sound of him his hands on his. Guitar oh yeah, sure. It's instantly sound. identifiable. Now we should mention, um, Greg Ginn has a brother who also figures prominently oh, into the. Raymond, as, right, he Raymond. called himself Raymond uh, Pettibon. Pettibon, and he did this cover, and he did all. Uh, uh, a whole bunch of uh, SSD bands uh, covers, covers, and, and also he did Goo uh, Sonic. He Geek's did, Goo. yeah. So he's all right. But this cover, let's talk about this cover because this cover is an iconic cover. It is. It depicts what? It depicts a, a puppet <laughs> with a Hitlerish, knife. Hitlerish. But yeah. you know what's weird? It, it, the puppet. You automatically when you see it, you assume, oh, that's Hitler. But there's no mustache. Yeah, I think it's just an evil puppet that right? happened that kind of looked like Hitler. Yeah, because yeah. he's because he's wearing a tie too, and he's got like and and like a red sports jacket. Yeah, or but something. it's definitely a murderous puppet. Oh God, murderous! Yeah, Hitlerish. Uh, and on a puppet. on a pure a knife, pure cyan, which is a printing color background, which gives it this off kilter feel. Like the sound of the record matches the way that cover looks in a very peculiar way, where you go. You like you look at it, and you kind of go. Ah. Oh yeah. And you know what was kind of cool for the tour when they when they toured in '84 for this record, they had uh, obviously the the light blue T-shirts with the record cover on the front, and on the back, all it said was side B. <laughs> oh, okay. that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Did you do you have that? Did no, you buy- I I wish that I, that I could have that. Yeah. I, you know, now, Camilla, I, when you came home with this record, what did your mom think oh of the God. record cover? My parents were really not too fond of the majority of <laughs> this music yeah. at all. They were right. like, "What is what coming? is our daughter, what is our coming poor down daughter the hall? listening to?" Yes, yes, I'm familiar with that. My mom running in the bedroom during a saccharine trust song, where he says, "And Satan is a motherfucker," and she comes running in and goes. <coughs> Take that music off. Your brother is in the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, Barry. Your brother. Yeah. It didn't have any any positive effect on my brother one way or another. So, um, all right. So Henry, yeah. So Henry Rollins was an intense. Uh, is see, you know, later on when I read about like what he went through and everything, I kind of feel a little more bad for him because he had a he had a rough time uh, growing up obviously he, he obviously he had issues but he just was so hard at that time you never saw a picture of him smiling he always had this this scowl on his face yeah sure and he did you know what i didn't like he did that I, remember they did that spoken word record um Family Man? Yeah, yeah right. Man. I, that, that was so... And I, yeah. I remember, I think I, I was married already. I was getting married. I, I didn't have kids quite when that came out, but I had kids. But he's like, Family Man. He's talking about, you know, coming in your house and raping your wife. And yeah, he says, it was real uplifting. And he says, 
I want to crucify you on your front door with nails from your well-stocked garage. And it's like, what yeah, the well, fuck, Henry? First of all, right, I don't have a if garage. a guy on your street it, it has a well-stocked garage, that's a good guy to know, right, Chris? Because if you need something, you go see that guy, and he's got like, oh, he's got the, the nails I need, right? Yeah, but listen. Why is he hating on that guy The so guy's much? angry. He's oh, punk so rock. He, he had a, a terrible childhood. <laughs> didn't have a he great did. mom or dad. Right. So right. He's he's apparently, he was angry. molested. At the age yes, of seven, right? He, he's right. angry. He's mercurial. Yeah. He's, he is. But why he, he gets the guy with because because he has a well-stocked garage. Well, you know, it's, it's the whole like. Well, what was it that sort of changed? You, you guys know the event in his life that sort of changed his personality a bit later on. Uh, I think that it comes with the death of the, the death of his best friend. Right. Cool. Right. They were right. They were living together in L.A. They just went out for a night and were like walking home. And uh, Joe Cole ended up getting shot and killed, and Henry ran for his life. And uh, you know, it was a it was a big deal at the time because Joe Cole was this skater kid who everybody loved and had a lot of you know friends in the alternative music scene. And all of a sudden, it was like, wow, he's yeah. gone. And I think that made Henry maybe reconsider some of his harsh. Well, I think he came to realize that. I'm not immortal. This could really right. actually That'll happen. Do it. Right. Yeah, right. And also, exactly. just being older, he's older now. He think he's smart. He's he's definitely you know calmed down. And actually, like when I hear him, he, he he's obviously really smart, really intelligent guy. He's got a lot of he's got good stuff to say. So he's uh, he's okay. You're okay, in my book. But just just so you know, uh, Christy Brinkley says a smile is like an instant facelift and an instant mood lift. So oh, just maybe. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but, but thanks, Christy. But, Wasn't but, she married to Billy Joel? Yeah, she, she would have needed a lot of fucking smiles to be married to Billy Joel, don't you think? <laughs> well, yeah, everyday and, smile, Christy, smile. Right. Oh, here's Billy. Where's Billy? Oh, he's uh. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the cops uh, brought him home again. Let's get into this record. Let's start listening to this a little. Uh, we're uh, starting the record out. We're putting the needle on the first song, and this song is called "My War." Let you buy this record if I was. My parents band. didn't know. What they I was, didn't let I was, her buy anything. They, they didn't she let me buy fine. anything, but I, I don't think they were really paying that much attention to what it was. Yeah, a lot of our parents were like that, right? Yeah. That's why we are all like the way we are. <laughs> um, oh wow, so you're 13. So so were you you were on board right away with this. I'm yeah. surprised the record store actually lets you buy it. <laughs> I don't think. I the remember l- where you bought it? Uh, no, I don't remember where I bought it, but I was a young, pretty girl. So what did the record store oh, care? Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. They but I mean, care. in South, you were in South Florida, right? I was in South Florida. So, like, you know, to buy a record from SST in 1984, it, you weren't going to Camelot. No, to I, was buy go- I was buying. I was buying it from Rich. Oh, oh, Rich there Loa. you go. Yesterday Loa. and today. Loa. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. and today. Okay. Shout out to Rich Uloa. Yeah, that's great, man. I miss that. I mean, I, I miss. So, that. Rich, you sold a 13-year-old girl "My War" by Black Flag. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what year it was, no dude. Point. 
All right, so already this music, already <laughs> it's sophisticated, a little more sophisticated, right? Yeah. You hear that, yeah. that drumming and those little, those, uh, those um, single bells. notes, the single yeah, guitar yeah, notes sure, and yeah. everything, yeah. Uh, and then Greg Ginn's pummeling guitar. Yes. And then when Henry just comes in, but this is a Chuck uh, Dukowski song. Right. Chuck Dukowski right. wrote this one. Exactly. Which, uh, he probably wrote the lyrics. Yeah, he wrote the, he wrote the lyrics, and this, this is my theory about this song. I kind of think that this song is a dig at Greg Ginn because Chuck Dukowski and Greg Ginn were having a lot of issues at that point. And the music was so good for the song and the song was so hype. But I think he's just saying, I think Dukowski's saying, you're my friend, but you're one of them. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. It's about, yeah, 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 the song is about sort of like your friend turning on you, not really being your friend. So do you think Greg was oblivious to that or was just like, oh, that's a good song, who cares? Okay, this this is what I think. I think that that they had a label together. They were bandmates at one time. They had to work together. And then Chuck got sort of pushed to the side because it was like, well... You're not that great of a bass player. And, Ke- and then Kira's he, he a, switched to guitar, and then he wasn't really that good at that. He wasn't that great, but he was a, he was a better manager right, for right. a band and a better tour manager. Right. But still, there, there has to be a lot of hostility, and there's, there's got to be a lot of uh, anger. And it's probably two people who can't really talk about what their feelings right. are. Well, so, no, yeah, God, right. Look at Dubin. Ask yeah. anyone that plays with Dubin, Mark Dubin and his band. Yeah, so, yeah he's not listening. I, 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 I personally <laughs> feel that this, is, that, this is, that this is Dukowski's dig Oh, uh, that's Greg, good. I like that. I'm going to go, go with that. And then uh, this is what, what's kind of uh, interesting with uh, the recording of this. Actually, when this, this is... When they recorded My War, again, like I said before, this is the only song that they took an entire day to record so they took their time but when it came down to the mixing and then when you listen to the album listen very carefully and you hear it there is an error that spot the engineer makes the 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 in this song the last two words should be my war but when you listen to the recording it says my my war and then when when Henry pointed it out Chuck, uh, Spot was like, eh, eh we'll just punk leave rock. it. Yeah, we'll just right. leave it. And yeah. then that's it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so this is, uh, um, uh, all right, so that it, it all makes sense because uh, he says, I have a prediction. It lives in my brain. It's with me every day. It drives me insane. I feel it in my heart that if I had a gun, I feel it in my heart, I'd want to kill some. I feel it in my heart the end will come. Yeah, uplifting, starting so wanted, a right off with Basically, Chuck Dukowski wanted to kill Greg Ginn. Yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. But lyrically, it fits in with the rest of the album. Even it does. things that Chuck Dukowski did not write. And also, Henry, I think Henry uh, appreciated that it's a great song and didn't well, mind singing well, uh, this. Uh, on, on tour, this, is the fa- this was Henry and Bill Stevenson's favorite song to play. Uh, they loved it. They would get super uh, hyped and be right. like, yeah. oh, my no, well, war's coming. It's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and they probably knew it was uh, a dig on Gin too, so I'm that's probably sure. what they liked. Probably. Alright, that's awesome. Alright, so let's get into the uh, second song, which was written by Greg Ginn, and this one is called Can't Decide.
nicely about someone who's miserable, but he, he doesn't really know why. Right. Well, see, again, and, I have a theory about this. I, I personally think that this is Greg Ginn's answer to the little dig oh, of his my answer. war. Yeah. Wow. So they were like, All right. they were like uh, rap guys doing rap battles. Yeah, but one of them w- wasn't on the record. <laughs> yes. I, I think they, they, they took up little digs and pot shots at each other, and it just came out on the record, and they said, screw it, because it sounds good. Right. All right. And so it, this is uh, so this is him, Greg Ginn. He's he's uh, son's coming up. I can't decide to spill my emotions or keep him inside. So Greg Ginn was the kind of guy that would keep his emotions inside. Well, right? yeah, the guy. The he guy was a cool was, customer. The, the guy was like a, a a control freak, but he was also yep. an introvert. Yeah. Right? And he was a workaholic, and right. he had he had issues getting along with the rest of the band. I mean, right. The the, the whole get in the van. Uh, well, by that what, point, when, by when this point, he's the only original member. Right, because right. when they were touring at that point, it was Kira, Henry, Bill, and Greg, and they all pretty much took one corner, each took a corner of the ba- of the van they were oh, in, and, and did not hang out with each other. Wow, that must have been fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, the one band member everybody did talk to was uh, Bill Stevenson. Yeah, just because I he think he's like he's, he a, a, he's a guy, he's a right? nice guy, but yeah. imagine you get somewhere and everybody scatters to different places. Oh yeah, yeah. believe me, yeah. It's it's. Uh, well, I know what that's well, like. the, the LA bands, the LA bands did have that. Mostly. The LA bands had that sort of like if you watch Decline of Western Civilization, the East Coast bands are a little more lighthearted and just not as as. Um, nihilistic yeah. as the West Coast bands. Yeah. The West Coast bands, when they would come through, they were, it was always like this. You know, what the is? What's going on out there? Because they're just they're intense and they're um, not cheerful at all. And even off stage. Uh, did you see them when they Susan's, came down there in that yeah. era? And, uh, Susan saw them in Tallahassee, and she said it was an insanely good show. Oh, nice. I was actually asking Camilla, but go ahead. Yeah. And, and didn't you see them at Flynn's? I'm sorry? I, I, I yeah, you don't have Flynn. to say stuff like that, you know? You could just roll with it, so I don't have to edit it out. No, come on. That's banter. That's part of our banter. Yeah, no, that's not banter. It's not? All right, I thought it was. I, uh, My mistake. Didn't you see them play at Flynn's? I, I did not. I saw them a cameo. Uh, no, I did not. No. I never, you know what? I'll say to my great detriment, I've never seen Bob. Yeah, I didn't see him oh, either. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I saw Rollins Band on their first tour. Yes, I've seen them many times, and Henry many, many, many times. Yeah, they stayed with us They in Tallahassee. How many oh, wow. you people, how many you maniacs out there saw Black Flag when they came down in Nobody's the 80s? Listening. Anyone see Black Flag out there in the 80s? No, no, no one did. Chris, is it? <laughs> no. No. Really? We got one Doom headshake. No? No. Oh, flag. Oh, yeah. flag was good, right? Flag was good. That was uh, Keith Morris, right? The 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 black flag was the one, the reformed flag was the one that wasn't that good. I know. Right. I oh, yeah, the black flag was some weird. With horrible. Mike Valeria. All right. Well, just so you know, flag, Zing flag doesn't count, so go back to whatever the hell stupid shit you guys were talking about. Um... So you saw them at the cameo. Yes. All right. And how was that show? I I loved it. Yeah. But I've I've always loved Black Flag. I've always loved Henry Rollins. The all the dark stuff didn't matter and bother me because I was a a young angry punk rock kid. I can't picture. Right. Yeah, I know because I'm because I'm so friendly and nice. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. No, I I always was. Just like me and Barry. Yes, just, just like both of just you. Just like us. You're yeah. ne- you were never an angry Gabba person. Gabba Gabba, we accept you. 
<laughs> sometimes you feel like you want to beat your head against the wall, right? So let's uh, sometimes let's listen to this next song right here, which is. about that one is that little chorus is definitely made specifically to make fun of commercial music by sounding like commercial and, music. And, and it's actually really catchy. It is. It it's is. almost like a Van... I keep thinking Van Halen yeah, or something. No, I, I thought Van Halen as, as well That's when I was exactly what again. it is. Because they're that's what they're making fun of. And I they think are. you're... I think we had the same... On the same wavelength. Yeah. Well, and then too, they're they're uh, making fun of the fact that they don't they're no longer controlled by a major label. Right, that right. They can put out right. their own material yeah. underneath their own name. Yeah, there they're, was this that was that that whole thing that bizarre the, thing where the they couldn't lawsuit. put out their record. Unicorn, oh, yeah, because yeah, that stupid unicorn Un- label. Yeah, right, right yeah. because Unicorn was a subsidiary of, of MCA, and then they basically had to wait till they totally went uh, bankrupt out of business before right, they could. Be- uh, because initially. Uh, Unicorn had gotten an injunction because they they released damaged and then they weren't supposed to. Ah, right? okay. So then when Unicorn went bankrupt, it was like, okay, great, we can re- we can release our own stuff, and that's that's another reason that you get three albums out in 1984. Right, because they had so much stuff in the can, it was ready to yeah, go. Yeah, because they had they had written so yeah, much. Yeah, you know what? I remember that. I remember I was like, oh, there's my war, and like three months later, I was like. Oh wait, Loose Nut. There's another Black Flag record, and then no, Slip It In. Oh, Slip It In was, and then Loose Nut was third. And family Man, and then Loose Nut. Okay, if I'm I didn't not buy. Mistaken. I did not buy Family Man. So good. <laughs> or, or, or more, or, or if it is, if it isn't a f- uh, Family Man, and then Slip It In, you know, whatever. It's, uh, slip It In, I think, is they after released a bunch of records. Well, okay. War, right? I, I know, I know that Slip That's It In. That's one with the nun on the cover, right? Slip yeah. It In came out in the summer of '84 when they were in the middle of the My War tour. Okay. Okay, right. so which, that's the second one, yeah. Which, uh, you know, privately the band re- referred to this tour as the Ken Tour, as in Kill Everyone Now tour. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And there's actually a band that named themselves after that now. Yeah. Oh, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I can I can just imagine how many angry skinheads there were when they had yeah. the, the meat puppets and oh, Nick right. Heist opening for right. them, all these long-haired dudes. And then yeah. here right. comes Black Flag. They're all long-haired again, and they're playing things that nobody's heard before, and nobody wants to hear. And, right, right. They're like, and they're just getting beat up everywhere. Yeah, but good for them, though. Good yeah. for them. And this song is kind of like their manifesto then, really, right? Because it's kind of like everything. It's like against the mainstream, swimming in the mainstream. It's such a lame dream. So, yeah, they were, Black Flag, as big... They, at one time, they were like one of the biggest... Punk bands, I would say, but they're never going to be mainstream. No, no, right? they no, never had a shot at that. No, and 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 I don't think they wanted to be mainstream. They wanted, to, especially with yeah, no, Greg so. Greg Ginn at the helm, he wanted to control everything and put out. So he's the Johnny Ramone of the band. Yeah, Johnny oh, was yeah. a control freak. I, I was yeah. thinking that too. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right, cool. So let's uh, let's take a little break. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but me and Barry are just wearing uh, a bike short, black bike shorts, and nothing else in, in honor of Henry Rollins. If I did on this that. Tour. That would be um, sad. Not, so we're gonna not bike shorts, running shorts. <laughs> was it running shorts? Yeah. Or they didn't have bike shorts then, did they? I think they did, but most people didn't wear them. He was wearing the. the, the running I, I like shorts. to think of them as coach coach's pants. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, but we're going to be back once again. We're here at Laser Wolf. Let's hear it, everyone, for Laser Wolf and our host, Chris. Woo! Uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back in a minute with more of Camilla Rizzo and Black Flag's My War. That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic written and produced by Kelly Shane and Woody Compton. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. That record got me high and Is This Tomorrow are proud to present... Black Flag and Henry Rollins being interviewed in 1984. Yeah. So how's your not tour going? <laughs> it's going great. Uh, you um, haven't released an album. No. And um, how's that al- not album doing? Doing horrible because it's not out. Uh-huh. And when it comes out, it'll do horrible. We had a problem like that for about two years. We had a lot of not albums come out. But this time we have one come out. And it came out in March, it's called My War. Yeah. And we have another one coming out in May and another one coming out in June. So what's SST like? I don't know. What's it like to you? Well, I don't know, they're your recording company. Eh? Yeah, do you like any of the bands on SST? Do you know any of the bands on the label? Mm, not too many. Well, let's, let's see how many you know. Go ahead. Ready, set, go. Uh, I don't yeah, pay attention. Lose. We got the Minutemen, Sacrum Trust, Worm. Overkill, um, Black Flag, Booster, St. Vitus. Most of oh, they're, the no, they're from all over the place. The Meat Puppets from the desert in Arizona. Oh, yeah. West. You like them? Yeah, they're well, pretty what, hot what, what did you think of the Meat Puppets tonight? Do you think they support your scene? Do you think they bolster your group? I mean, would, would you think Maximum Rock and Roll would like those boys? I mean, to me, Cambodia and South American issues is really where it's at. I mean, I don't like to to think about anything that would make me want to fuck or kill, you know? I just like really dry issues. Ones that just kind of make my dick just want to shrink up and I want to act like Walter Cronkite. Cue up your uh, yellow black flag. It's music. queued up. It's ready, but we are going to talk first. We are back with That Record Got Me High. Once again, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And once again, we are here at the lovely Laser Wolf in Fort Lauderdale. Let's hear it for Laser Wolf, everyone. And our awesome host, Mr. Chris Bellis. Yes, that's right. We got a lot of people outside uh, drinking the delicious brew. Yes, yeah, a nice crowd here Laser tonight. And, here, uh, uh, let's talk with Camilla. We're here with Camilla Rizzo talking about one of her favorite records, right? By one yes. of your favorite bands, which is so. I wouldn't look at you and say that's a Black yeah, no. fan, right? But it, who knows? You can't judge. See a book that by lady in the cover. grocery store. You wouldn't believe what her favorite right. record. Is. I feel like I look at like I feel like I look at someone like Mark Dubin. I know exactly the band he loves. Soul Asylum. You say, "Oh, that's a Soul Asylum fan." But some people, you know. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about um, we're talking about my war, and let's get into uh, song number four, 
we are going to hear a little of the ironically titled, yeah. right? I, yeah, well, I love you. Which is not the way you want somebody to love no. you this way. Not, I don't, if somebody says, I love you, and it's in the black flag way, I don't want any part of it. Exactly. My knives are sharp. My thoughts are cold. Um, and the, you harkens to the cover, of course, which uh, you know got the uh, the pu- the stabbing puppet the stabbing on the, the stabbing yeah. puppet. So this song, the, the, the 1980s stabbing puppet. Exactly. So this song was written by Chuck Dukowski, surprisingly, because it's so it's a perfect song for Henry Rollins to sing. It is. Well, yes. His, Henry's delivery on this song, especially when he enunciates "I love you," it's just oh, it's so <laughs> right. It's so, so cynical. Well. It's the most yeah. cynical "I love you" ever. Yeah, well, and it it's and it's interesting to, to think that Dukowski wrote two of the most iconic songs on the album, and he wasn't even in the band. Yep, right, right. Well, I think that's yeah. We could probably dig up a few more instances uh, where the recently departed band member had contributed uh, a lot to the record. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he was still at, at this at this point, especially in uh, 83, 84, he was their, he was their uh, touring manager, he was the band manager, he handled operations, the guy really did a lot, even though he yeah. wasn't playing in the band, he did a lot in uh, four SST records, so he, you, you, you can't uh, not acknowledge... You can't fault the guy. Oh, yeah, no. of course not. And then he played in Flag, right? In the reconstituted... Uh, uh, Flag, yeah, I don't. With Keith Morris, I believe that Chuck Dukowski played in that. It's I it's possible. Right. I think he might have. Um, yeah. So there, this song also has some more breaks in a uh, tempo where it slows down, like in the bridge part, and it's sort of like foreshadowing for side two in this one. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. It's got big riffs and medium tempo and right, foreshadowing. Right, so. right, right. Foreshadowing for the second side because the second side. Now, let me ask you: when you heard, when you flipped this record, or when you got it, was it a record or no? Was, was it no, still a record? Oh no, it was. You probably got it. Because a I cassette? got it in a cassette. A cassette. All right. All right. Okay. But when you the well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get to those songs because yeah. this is. Still, this is still. Even though it's got uh, those uh, tempo changes and different things, it's it's still Black Flag, right? Yes, it's still Black yeah. Flag. Yeah, but there's right. some, you know, it's a it's a murderer. He's getting ready to uh, murder somebody. One of our one of our uh, uh, listeners is leaving and bidding us adieu, uh, fond adieu so from long, Dan Bone so Break. Long. <laughs> um, uh, I look in the mirror and I want to destroy her. I love you. I gave you my life, but what did I get back? Now it's time to take it back. You know, I hear a car, your footsteps outside, knife in hand, love in heart, sweating. I wait. That's what you want with someone who loves you is that they're sweating, right? Yeah, I mean, this is like the serial, the serial killer next door. It is, yeah. It's a song about a serial killer or an obsessive jealous. He said, uh, 
What was the, remember the, what was the song? The, there's a Black Flag song, Jealous, Jealous Again. Again. Maybe yeah. Chuck Dukowski has an issue with jealousy. Suspicion rules my very soul. So. I'm gonna say all these guys have issues. Probably Kira. Maybe Kira. Well, no, well, I heard no, Kira she, had issues. She too. was married to Mike Watt, so who wouldn't have issues? Were they married? Were they actually yes, married? They were oh, actually did, married. Did not know that. Nice. What a what a cute couple, though. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the beasts of the base. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So that's awesome. Let's go. Uh, let's get to song number five. And this is the first song that we're the, on the record that Henry Rollins actually gets a co-write on, uh, and this one is called "Forever Time." said this was co-written with uh, Ginn and Henry Rollins and so this is I'm gotta assume this is Rollins lyrics finally he's, he's seems that down. way I would yeah. think so this yeah, this, this kind of feels like a Henry lyric yeah, from like is, later on the music is Ginn and the, and the lyrics is Rollins yeah yeah right. for sure and you can you can see it just well yeah what he's saying <laughs> you want to read the, uh, the, the 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 Henry tells um start with I feel I know right yeah Oh, I feel some kind of... Death machine. Yeah. With skin and muscles and a heart that pumps my blood. Time. Yeah. Time. Yeah, that's that's wrong. That's Henry Rollins Rollins right there, right? Yeah, it is. Pumped up, Henry. (laughs) Right. And so, but as as different as Rollins and Ginn were, like, Rollins is very intense but introverted, a very introverted person, and Ginn is like this, like, coldly demanding and and like a huge pothead, which which Henry Rollins was not. Right. Right. And and in fact, he really got annoyed by how much pot that Greg Ginn smoked. Well, I think it's come up before, yeah. It caused a lot of uh, friction. Well, it was the, I think it was the anvil case filled with locked anvil case that was the issue. But they still made a great uh, pair. They seem to be on the same page as far as this music. Well, because I, I think that, were, that Henry admired how uh, creative Greg Ginn was and how Greg Ginn just didn't let himself be boxed in right, by anything. Right. He was always pushing forward for new material, new things. Let's try something different. Let's do something different. Right. And he has such a strong work ethic. So I think it, it gave him a good example and I think it's pretty obvious that Henry Rollins took the best of what he learned and saw from Ginn and Dukowski and ran with it because obviously he's quite a successful human being. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's, I mean, that's he, he, really, t- that's a good, uh, he took what, what he was shown and just capitalized to the nth degree. Right, he right. learned. He learned lessons from this and right. and turned them 20, into a career. Because he was a 20-year-old kid when yes. he first started. Right from D.C., right? And, He's uh, an East Coast, East Coast guy. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He, it. They were, Black Flag was his favorite band and he happened to be in New York when they were playing and he got on stage and they liked how, how he sounded and Dez wanted to move over to guitar so it was like, well, you, you, want, you want to try out for the band? Sure, I'll try out for the band, and he was great, and they loved him. And then Ian McKay encouraged him to go ahead and 
Join Black Flag. Try something new. Right, Go that's right. It. Ian McKay was also a big uh, influence on him joining uh, Black Flag. Exactly. Because yeah, he said, then, yeah, do it. When, when you when you look at uh, Henry Rollins, you can also tell that he was... Uh, can we get Thurston Moore in this story, too? Then we've got the holy trinity of people interviewed in documentaries about <laughs> punk rock and alternative music in the right. 80s. <laughs> Thurston, Thurston gets mentioned enough. We don't he need to does. I agree. He really does. Um, all right, but that is an awesome song. And then we get to... Actually, this next song is probably one of my... Favorites on yeah, the record. Yeah, me too. The Swingin' Man, yeah. Yeah, one of my personal... Well, yeah, I had a feeling it would be. But uh, all right, let's... It's another uh, Henry Rollins song. Yeah, it yep. feels like a Henry song, let's too. Let's hear yeah. a little bit of The Swinging Man. an influence in here that I'm going to bring up that I think is a little um, obscure but I believe is true. Um, I think that um, Greg Ginn especially had listened to Robert Fripp's Exposure and the angular guitar playing on that record um, informed some of his riffs that he plays in Black Flag because there's a particular sound that I hear in there that sounds very much like some of Robert Fripp's guitar playing even though it's you know by some this West LA hardcore punk guitar player um and their rhythm is so strange it's in this true. one well, very sophisticated you, you, it you, is you can hear a lot of jazz fusion influence in this Ooh. song that too yeah yeah <laughs> I know sure. you're right I, I, I no know you're right. right it just made me get cringe a little I know, but no I'm you're sorry, right Rob, but it's true yeah yeah but it, yeah it, it's it's like very um Forward for a band like for a punk band to be yeah, doing it's very ambitious. Like yeah, this. it yeah. is. And, and I think that this song really foreshadows side B. It does. Yeah, it, 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 it's like it gives you a little tickle. We're gonna do something. Right. Yeah, right. You just you just so yeah. know. Whoever sequenced the record obviously was thinking about how it was gonna, and then they were like, okay, side B. Where are we going on side B? Yep, going straight to hell, basically. All right, yeah. So let, let's talk a little about the lyrics in this, though, because the swinging man. Obviously, they're talking about what are they talking about? The swinging man. They're talking about someone that that hung himself. Hung himself. And he's swinging, and his which, feet never touched the ground. Right. And it reminded me of. Do you remember when we did the um, replacements record, and we did swinging party? The song oh, swinging yeah, party. Right, right, and I right. didn't think of it till you said, "Well, yeah, swinging party could party, also be like a hanging, a bunch of hangings." That was yeah. yeah. They were gonna get a rope, right, and a chair. Um, so this song, but. This song is interesting to me because the singer, which is Henry, obviously he he wrote the words. He's got a disdain, like a lot of disdain oh, for yeah. this guy oh, that of hung himself. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna having you know my encounter with Henry, encounters with Henry when they stayed with us. I'm gonna say Henry had wait Henry did, uh, did I know this? <laughs> no, in Tallahassee when they they the band stayed with us in Tallahassee. Oh, okay. Wait, and you but you didn't see them. No, I saw the Henry Rollins band. Oh, this is after. But the this Rollins was like the first okay, tour was '87, okay. so he had okay, been okay. recently right. Black Flag. You know, moved on from Black Flag. He had a lot of disdain for pretty much. You know, that was his baseline <laughs> was disdain for other people, and the only person he liked basically in Tallahassee was um, 
this woman named Mary Domenico, Scary Mary, who actually lives here now. And so she was giving, she gave Henry a, a nice massage, massaged his beefy no. muscles. And he, he liked Mary and Scary Mary, and uh, but no, pretty much. I asked him, I fixed him, fixed him a huge Indian meal, home-cooked Indian meal. I said, hey, you know, can I get one of those T-shirts? Um, you know, they had the Search and Destroy T-shirts with the, his tattoo on it. And he said, yeah, no, those are packed away in the van. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, uh, Henry Rollins wrote an article uh, after Robin Williams' suicide. It was very controversial because he yes. sort of, he was bla- right, basically blasting uh, people yeah. that kill themselves. And he later apologized for it. Which I, I, would, actually, I would hope that he apologized. I give, him a lot of cre- I give him a lot of credit for he did apologize and he realized, well, you know. That Robin Williams had a disease that no one No, yeah, but, would. but it just shows the amount of disdain he has for people. He thinks, and and yeah. the guy in this song that hung himself, it's like yep. the coward's way out, I guess, right? Yep. And he's not down with it at all. Yeah, no. He is not, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not down with a guy who's, uh, such an isolationist, but ironically, I mean, Henry kind of it like it sounds paints, like him, right? It, yeah. He, but he paints himself to a corner. He's like, he's he's like, I am, I am an island. And, and right. Okay, here you go. But he's what's like, the chance? Hold on, I just had a, a an epiphany here. Um, what's the chance that he's talking about Ian Curtis from Joy Division? I, all the girls, possible. all the girls know my name. I know I go by Swinging Man, and you know Ian Curtis hung himself. Right. And I'm just thinking, um, who in rock music at that point, in, especially in an underground scene, had hung themselves? Ian Curtis famously hung themselves. Famously oh, hung that's themselves. That's a good guess. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was looking for a little warmth, but I didn't find nothing. So now I'm hanging around. Yeah, that, that's good. It could. It Love could be. will tear us apart. Yeah, God. On the Again. eve, on the eve of Joy, on their tour, their tour of the U.S. Oh tour, yeah, yeah, yeah right. And you know what? The last record that Ian uh, uh, Curtis listened to. Uh, my war. It couldn't be my war. Was it not. Yet. <laughs> it was uh, the idiot by Iggy Pop, and it was oh. the runout groove was. Oh, God damn it, Iggy! All right, so that's uh, yeah, but that is an awesome song. It's it's like frantic, and the the music and the guitar is is as frantic as him. Henry gets so as the song goes on, yeah, he gets yeah. more and more, more, and more agitated, sounding well, and yeah. agitated. Yeah. And uh, you know what's kind of what's pretty interesting about. Um, this the last three songs on the album, the way they allowed Henry. Well, they knew that, that he was a, he was an animal. They couldn't contain him. The guy had too much energy. Right. So yeah. the way that they recorded these songs, they let him go into the lobby of Total Access and just gave him the Shore 58 with a long cable. And they were like, okay, go. go. So he would run around the lobby at oh, like nice. four o'clock in the morning, and just sing until his throat right. gave out. Well, you could hear him doing that yeah. on this. Uh, all right, so let's listen to this first song. This is side B. These are the controversial three songs of the last three songs on this record. Let's listen to the appropriately titled "Nothing Left Inside."
volume four black sabbath heavy oh yeah yeah, 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 right. yeah 100 yeah there's no way around that yeah you hear that um but it's really great it's still i mean they do a great job in it and it almost sounds in this song i don't know if it's my imagination but it sounds like they're struggling to keep well to play slow down. is harder yes right it's harder to play slow <laughs> than it is to play fast right right and and you could hear that and it kind of makes it awesome you know uh just the idea of these guys these hardcore punk guys playing this slow sludgy shit before it became uh, de rigueur before before yeah, all exactly. the oh right before right right it. right before that was an okay thing to do this yeah. was this was the most shocking thing anybody could do on an album especially True. At that black, time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. At that time, yeah, yeah. it was like Black Flag, our idols, playing this crap. Yeah. Right, right. Which is not crap. It's so no, good. No, it's so good. And, and, and the and lyrics are so bleak and nihilistic. They are. For well, us, they fit the music. Yeah, and they fit, yeah, right. And, nothing it's, raw, left and inside. it's clearly Rollins. It's a Rollins oh, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Nothing left inside. Pain in my heart. Pain hurts my heart. Nothing left inside. Lies, your lies. Leech, <laughs> leech, drain me dry. Nothing left inside. Lonely, 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 lonely boy. Yeah, I start feeling sorry for Henry Rollins when well, I listen and then, to this. I mean, when you think about it too, I mean, again, these songs were mainly written in 1982. Some of some in '83, and then we're in the middle of. The, the beginning of the Reagan years. Yeah, the, for sure. We, we had a lot of bleak things going on in the country. And we then did. when they toured. What is that like? I, I can't imagine what that's like. <laughs> no. Yeah. In, in, uh, 19, Everything's so awesome. In right. 1984, mm. when, Utopia. when they were touring, the Summer Olympics was coming to L.A. And, oh, yeah. And then Chuck Dukowski purposefully got Black Flag out of LA and was like you guys can't be here right. <laughs> you're going to end up right you're going to get in trouble dur- during the right. Olympics this is just not going to go they don't, well the Olympics they don't screw around yeah right so oh that's funny it, it is funny and uh yeah Henry puts he puts so much uh, 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 raw emotion into this song that it's almost painful to listen to But and I love Greg Ginn's uh, guitar work on this because it's like it's like wild and desperate sounding too, you know? It's right. as desperate sounding as, as Henry's singing. Right, yeah. so it, it, it goes very well. And then you can see, you can hear where Mud Honey. Yeah, for blows. sure. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. and Melvin's. Exactly. Swans. 100%. Yeah. And, and the song also, it's funny what you said about the songs being, because this song, all of a sudden it just ends. It's cut. And you know that they played whatever this thing, probably another six minutes. Oh, of course. Played. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they just The tape runs just out. Cut it. Spots like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Tape's and, out. And you can, you can, I mean, I wasn't there, but I could just imagine the fans getting so oh, yeah. angry when yeah. they started to play. Well, there's oh, some yeah. full shows. There's right, some full right. shows from that era. I got to go back and watch them. Some you know, vi- there's videos of full shows and see the point in the show where they go, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the fans were like, what? Well, here we go. What are, are you guys ready to play? Um, you know, right? Nothing left inside. But now, did you experience that, Camilla, when you saw them in, at the cameo? Was that '84? No, 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 no. No, that was uh, had to have been. 
No, it was later. I forgot. Yeah, okay. So it, it was later. So people knew already what they were doing. They were more yeah. down with it. It right. wasn't and, as and jarring. Then slip It In had come out. Right. And then, so it wasn't like that 84 tour where people just knew Damaged and then all of a sudden right. they were well, doing and then all this stuff. Think about it. I mean, they were already touring in 1983 and playing these songs. This songs, yeah. right, before and they P- did. Which P- a lot of SSD bands, who's going to do that all the time? They used to tour the, the next record. Right, 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 right. And then right, people right, wouldn't right. know any of the songs. Right, they'd be like, right. what, what so, was the fuck? So then... By 1984, when they actually started the My War tour, a lot of people were familiar with the song. Right. But right. they still did not dig Side D. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of not digging Side D, let's get to the uh, next song on the uh, on the three-part downer that is uh, Side B, and this one is called Three Nights. Let's hear a little Three Nights. pretty much um one it's like one guitar side two there's some like he's doing some feedback lead stuff in the background right that uh add definitely adds to the feeling of um complete uh desolation that's that's the feeling that desolation is the word and you know what's interesting if you listen very carefully again at the end of the song and it's it's a recording thing and it's an engineer thing because Henry sang this in the lobby of the studio, you can hear the Coke machine. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You really listen to this record a lot. All right, so I got to find out. I will definitely play that part put, of the song. Put your, during, head, put your headphones on and you'll hear I'll, the I'll Coke fi- machine. I'll find that and make sure that we hear the Coke machine. And then, you know, look at these lyrics. Imagine the person going to buy the Coke. It's like, Cool. Yeah, go ahead. Cool, read, read some of these because the lyrics in this are really good. My life is a piece of shit that got <laughs> caught in my shoe, and I've been grinding that stink into the dirt for a long time. Now, now, now. Yeah. And this is like sort of, this song is like Henry kind of admitting that he's his own worst enemy, too. Because he says, uh, someone, I, I love this part, someone handed me a ladder, and for the longest time I've been climbing to the bottom of it. <laughs> Someone reached out and gave me their hand, and for the longest time, I've been trying to dislodge my teeth from it. Uh, So, I mean, he's telling you that he snatches defeat from the hands of victory, and he's biting the hands that that feeds him. I mean, he's telling you that. As as my mom would say, Henry is not a... Happy camper. He's got a strong. <laughs> he's got a strong jawline now. Yes. Oh, he does. <laughs> um, but his voice—you can hear—he's just tearing his voice to shreds on this song. Yeah, and when when you look at their performances, especially every night they got to go out and every, that's the every, thing. Every night they had to go out, and then when they when they toured, the My War tour had Greg Ginn, 
it had Kara on bass, it had Bill Stevenson drumming, and it had Henry singing, and they were totally just feral. Yeah, right, right. They, right. they yes. had no fear. Yeah. They had to do their thing. They didn't care what the audience did. Yeah. They didn't care oh, what happened, that nobody liked it, them. It, it's brutal getting the band like, because he would be, the night from the night before, he'd be he'd have dried blood and sweat all over him, and he wouldn't shower or anything, and the oh. next day he'd oh. still right. have all that oh. on him. Oh, and then there's, there's one portion of the tour, and there's a photo of it in Get in the Van uh, that they... Chuck Dukowski was the one that booked the tour, and the tour was uh, disastrous in some parts, to say the least. Right. But there is one leg of the tour where, in 24 hours, they played three cities. They had to play New York, then go to Boston, <laughs> and then go to Providence. And it's, it just happened to be that it got booked that way. So it was like, okay, the Meat Puppets are going to play, and then we're going to hurry up and send them on oh, and, let, and let them just take their time and <laughs> and, and, and let St. Vitus get on and we're eventually going to show up. And, well, St. Vitus is like a sludge metal thing, oh, too. Yeah. So can you imagine at the end of your tour, you're playing with the Meat Puppets and St. Vitus and Black Flag. I mean, that, that had to be pretty tough. Impr- yeah. Pretty yeah. tough. Yeah, pretty impressive to, to see. And then, yeah, these guys were starving living on that's the thing on, on barely anything asking people to sleep on their floors yeah fighting with the clubs right to get, to money get to get paid yeah yeah well that's why i think there's this i think the buttholes had that pit bull that they would keep in the van with them they had a female pit bull named mark farner <laughs> and they also would help them in case they, there's uh, also someone didn't i believe the buttholes also had a pistol and that it was used to extract payment from non-cooperative uh, club owners on several occasions. And then I, I think, and, and actually probably Richard Shelter would know the answer to this, is when Black Flag played at Flynn's, I think that, that, that uh, that's the infamous show where Henry Rollins was so desperate for money that he drank the sweat from his shirt and his shoes. Oh, I remember because, hearing because, that. All right, Richard, you got so to uh, you have to write in. Yes. Send us a note after this, and we'll uh, let us yeah, know, we'll Richard. Let us know, Richard knows. Okay, remember I promised y'all a fucking stupid moronic. Okay, I want some money. Put in some some a few dollar bills and some change. No, do it because you get that ready, and then I'll get my thing ready, which. Goes like this. We get out an empty cup. Okay. We take off the shoe. And do that. Which ain't shit. It's not a spit and a fucking piece of dirt. And then we do it this one. This is only the right foot, okay? Look, I'm not trying to sell you short. I'm doing this for a whole three dollars. But check this out. This is worth. This is worth the fucking head from City Lopper. Right on. Here goes the here goes the left side. Uh, if he hasn't, he's he's really old now, so d- dementia. Well, I, hopefully, I, I know that uh, Henry talked about that on a Showtime um, special that he did. He talked about okay, the show at okay. Flynn's. Oh Jesus! 
and, um, and just how horribly <laughs> hot and how desperate he oh, was yeah. for money. Yeah, people underestimate just how hot it actually can get here, even at night. Yep, it's brutal. They're out there, right? Is it hot out there, guys? Are you guys you warm, know, or is it nice? It's pleasant out there, right? Okay. It's pleasant. It's you look pleasant. fine. You look fine. Yeah, you, They're hearty folk. Drink some more beer to cool you off. All right, so let's get to the last song on here. They, by the way, these last two songs, when they the way they start with just a boom, the kick drum, I keep expecting uh, Iron Man, the riff to Iron Man. Yeah. Together, right? <laughs> uh, all right, but let's hear a little of the final song on here, appropriately titled Scream. And this is a Greg Ginn song. And some extra screaming. Uh, this is a brutal song. It is a brutal song. And then again, this is a, another song that has a, another one of those recording anomalies from when he was in the lobby. Right. There was a couch, and then you can hear at the at the end of the song that he's throwing himself into the couch, and the couch you can hear it squeaking <laughs> across the floor. Like like millions of kids, teenage kids, slam dancing in their parents' living room. Uh, with the console stereo with damaged on the console stereo. Look, I'm getting that attaboy from outside from, from TJ. Yes. Yeah. So originally this song was like an instrumental that Henry would just scream over. Yeah. And then Greg Ginn actually wrote lyrics that sort of to sort of explain what the screaming was. Yeah. And I love this lyric because it's basically the last lyrics on the record. I might be a big baby, <laughs> That's the best. but I'll scream in your ear. Until I find out, until I find out just what it is I'm doing here. And then, until then, yep. until then. Dot, dot, dot. Right. And the screaming, but that's, yeah, that's great. I love that. I might be a big baby, but I'll scream in your ear <laughs> till I find I out what yeah. I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a brutal way to end it, and it's just, uh, I guess, people, I, I definitely, I think people should revisit it if you poop, like Chris. Chris said, ah, I was never into Black Lives, never into that, but maybe, and he, he tried listening to it tonight in the way he already said, nah, nah. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely... It's a difficult record. It's not easy listening. Well, none of their records, they do not have a pleasant sound. No. <laughs> Black Flag is a, is a, <coughs> a harsh band to listen to. They're not, it's just not, um, it just reflects the personalities involved, I think. That they're just, you know, in, in a some, in certain sense, they're just unpleasant people. <laughs> but, <laughs> We're but, just going to come out and say But, but yet they, they ushered in a whole era of bands that sound very much like They did. This. They really did. And there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, but nobody had that, has that particular, just, it's like amplified... Emotional emptiness that is is that, that this album doesn't even just, sound like something you'd want to listen to. But, it, but I, I do enjoy it. I mean, it 
But it's, it's brilliant, a, though. It, in, in its own way, it's brilliant. It's and brilliant. What they accomplished and then, and and then and what again, they think about it. The jolliest guy in the band at this time was Bill Stevenson. Right, yeah, the drummer. Yeah, right. Because he gets to... Like, he, he, just he was gets also to, in the uh, Descendants, Descendants, which are total, kind of like a polar poppy, opposite yeah, right, sort of, of yeah, Black right. Flag, right? Yeah. Right. And which I love, too. All right, so final thoughts on this record, Camilla. I know this record. I, I had no idea this record like really I, did I, I uh, get you high. I love uh, this record. It yeah. was so very near and dear to my heart. Well, it showed, and you really uh, you brought a lot of insight into it, and uh, we appreciate you being a guest. Uh, once again, uh, guys. Hey, guys out there, I'm wondering. Do you know? Uh, a Patreon that we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com yeah. forward slash TRGMH, you can sell. become a patron of that record got me high and support me and Barry. I don't know if you guys knew that. Right. Although we mention it every goddamn time we do this thing. Less for less than the cost of a nineteen seventy six Chevrolet Vega. <laughs> no, it's you very, can support us. It's very reasonable. It's a little little, little uh, it's a dollar a month. So think about that. Um Next week, what do we got, Barry? Next week, we're doing one of my favorite albums. Me too. Me too. This would be a record I uh, would have picked, picked exactly. But our guest picked it. Our guest picked it, Jill Defenis, who is a local uh, drummer and um, for the Pop Skulls. For the Pop Skulls, and also has a um, a dog that has all sorts of hijinks that appear on Facebook. Yes. And uh, her husband Rich is a cool guy too. But Jill is coming on to talk about. Cheap Tricks, Heaven Tonight. Oh, such a good record. It and, is. And I do want to mention next month, for our next month, will be the year anniversary of our Live at Laser Wolves. There next month, go. July, so we're having a special episode. I'm not even going to say what it is. I'm just going to say it's going to be a special episode. You're going to want to come out uh, next month. It's going to be our but year anniversary. But if you like Liberace, you're going to really love it. <laughs> yes. It's really good. So once again, let's give it up, everyone, for our host, Chris Bellis and Laser Wolves. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Once again, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. Where that record got me high. We'll see you guys next week. Oh,